Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February 22nd. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, using the checks and balances found in the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to two hours of hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. Quick recap of yesterday's show, man. We were on Brighty on TV, simulcast with the Sheriff Mack Show for the first hour. I've also got Chris Carlson with me, and Chris is usually with me on Saturdays, but we're going to start working on ways to bring him in more during the week, folks, for a lot of reasons. Chris Carlson, welcome, sir. Without God, we cannot win, Sam. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson, repeat, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be on. A, a bystander. This was just a uh, heroic bystander, I'd call him. Some are calling him a good Samaritan. The guy's name is Joss Dobbs. And he saw a man stabbing a bunch of people. He's stabbing a woman, etc. He pulled out his stab me not his gun, shot the thug near Atlanta. Fox 5 reported. Now, why doesn't Fox 5 talk about the gun's not really an assault weapon in this case? It was a stab me not, stab the woman not. we got to call these guns what they are. In this case, how was it an assault weapon? This poor girl was getting assaulted by a knife by some thug, uh, and then the, they, they just pulled out the uh, stab me not and stopped him. He's dead now. He won't stab anybody anymore, Chris. <laughs> That's right. You better bring a gun to you, uh, you got to get by a window. Yeah, You're breaking up a lot a there, Chris. Day. You just made my day, Sam. Amen to oh, that. All right. Yeah. You got to get by a okay. window, by the way, though, so you can we you're you're be more clear. But anyway, I found okay. that interesting. I, That's why I call guns certain names to highlight okay. what they do for the good guys, right? Uh, whatever it is, it's a rape me not for a woman, or a stab me not, or a kill me not, or a rob me not. So James O'Keefe is out. At Veritas, did you see this? Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, he got kicked out by his own people. It sounds so, like. yeah, Which so the battle's weird. on. What's strange about it is it's the board that kicked him out, but all the funders, all the people that are putting money into Veritas say, no, we want James to stay. Uh, James resigned and left. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that ball, but I find that very interesting indeed. Maybe he was getting too close to Big Pharma this last go round and the Borg freaked you're allowed to do a little bit of good james but not too much good there uh anyway what do you say what is the employees of their uh, project veritas i assume there's at least a dozen or so sam but the bigger it gets the more easily it becomes infiltrated and i suspect that's probably what happened i don't have any evidence either for or against that theory but uh you know, why would his own employees kick him out of his company? And why would he give his employees uh, a power as board members to do such a thing? I mean, what's going on here? There's probably more details that we're not 
uh, able to access that would explain how this would happen. I mean, because I've got a business, nobody's going to kick me out of it because I don't have, I have less than one employee. So, but it's he structured it in a way where it it was vulnerable to him as the leader of the company. But I suspect he'll be back. I suspect he'll be back. I suspect they'll work out some of their differences. I just know this is pretty typical, though. Uh, you know, we sadly have these confrontations in conservative circles that tend to divide and weaken our ability to, to make a difference. And so, sadly, this is happening. Well, we had Catherine Engelbrecht on with us, True the Vote. She's the founder and president of True the Vote. And she has an interesting statement that I really agree with. She says this, election integrity requires preventive, preemptive action. It's not enough to be involved on only election day. It's not enough to wonder if all votes are being properly counted or wonder what happened at the polls. Every aspect of life in America presupposes a free and fair election. That's something worth saving and something worth protecting. TrueTheVote.org. Wow, she's got wise words for her stance and I really commend her uh, because she's done such a good job such a powerful example of the nation um, you know she says we're on full court press with five critical lawsuits we're researching we're writing making videos we're event planning we're developing new tech and training programs we're standing side by side with constitutional sheriffs isn't it about time and now True the Vote filed a motion seeking the recusal of the judge that tossed them in jail prematurely. The guy is Kenneth Voigt, and they got it done. That motion was granted. These kind of recusals are rare, but it just shows the gravity of the situation, says Catherine. Friends, we stand at a precipice, Catherine finishes up. We can participate in returning our country to its roots of liberty, or we can stand silently and watch tyranny unfold and takes hold. Those are the only two choices we have. Amen to Catherine Engelbrecht, and we stand in complete support with her, solidarity for her, whatever you want to say, solidarity with her, support for her. Um, really, she's on all cylinders, standing for what matters most. Chris? Well, there's a special place in heaven for people like Catherine Engelbrecht. Uh, and uh, her partner Phillips. What's the first name? Yeah, Greg uh, Phillips. Greg Phillips. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and all uh, the, the the individual that did uh, the the two thousand mules. What's his name? Uh, doesn't come to, to mind. Dinesh uh, D'Souza. There we go. Yeah, Dinesh. Uh-huh. Yeah. God bless those people. I mean, they're doing the work of the Lord. There's a special place in heaven for those people. And I then the I join them there because they're doing work of the Lord, Sam. Amen. To follow up on that incredible win uh, of several things. One, uh, they're filing motions in the case for discovery right now, and the judge recused himself. They had to pull this judge out of retirement in the first place to try to judge shop this case, and now they're losing. But on the same day, we reported that San Joaquin County, California, sheriff's officials announced voter fraud charges against Lodi, that's a city, Lodi Council member 
Shakir Khan. KCRA is the news station down there in California reporting the reality. I watched the press conference where Sheriff Patrick Woodrow and other officials discuss voter fraud charges against this Lodi Council member, Shakir Khan. And the sheriff from Saque- or, um, from San Joaquin County, California, Patrick Woodrow, has shown once again why sheriffs are the solution, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we at the CSPOA say. The sheriff listened to people complaining in his county. He followed up on the evidence presented. And then he did his job to investigate. And you'll notice that he did not turn it over to the state police or to the federal officers. This happened inside his county and his office investigated crime. And now they're prosecuting those crimes. This is a powerful example to the nation. CSPOA and True the Vote applaud Sheriff Woodrow and the entire San Joaquin Sheriff's Office for doing what is right. I guess he got released from jail now. Hopefully he's not a flight risk there. But it's huge, folks. You want to respond to that, Chris? Uh Uh-oh, you with me, Chris? All right, go ahead and meet Chris so we can get him back. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, We'll work on that. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, this is huge, though. You've got literally election fraud. They told you we had no evidence. This took three years in the discovery and the the process working on this case, but they got it done. He's a criminal. He claims that uh, he's not. um, You know, I agree. You know, he deserves due process. But I will also say this. They've got the goods on this guy. The 52-minute press conference literally proves it with documents and a slide presentation and more. So to you say to those of you who say there is no election fraud, there's no proof, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And then go to the American Heritage Foundation and see all the cases of election fraud they've gathered with convictions and prosecutions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you need to see the court case. It's huge. Fox News now had a filing. In the Dominion case, you see Dominion sued Fox saying, hey, you guys can't claim that, uh, you know, all this stuff about our Dominion voting machines or whatever. Now there's a uh, a filing that took place by Fox that shows that system executives, including Eric Coomer, knew that their voting systems had security issues. They knew that it was already been hacked and that it was riddled with bugs. Joe Hoft the Gateway Pundit with that incredible documentation piece. So now you've got even the executives that run Dominion Voting Systems admitting flat out their systems are bogus, subject to fraud, being hacked, not reliable. All right. <laughs> Look, just weeks before the 2020 presidential election, Dominion's director of product strategy, that's this Eric guy at product strategy and security, Eric Coomer, Acknowledged in private, he said that our quote blank SHIT is riddled with bugs. That's according to the brief in the court filing. Wow. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live.
treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, so in the media, they wanted you to believe that Fox was derelict in their duty reporting about the Dominion fraud systems. But now in court, we find out the executives are saying that their stuff is SHIT, doesn't work, riddled with bugs, it's been hacked, all kinds of problems, now comes out in court. Where's your mainstream press to tell the truth now that the other side of the story that we've been saying all along uh, is out, right? Oh, they're silent on the topic, aren't they? Look, ladies and gentlemen, the election bureaucracy has spent many years now preaching lies, censoring anyone who challenged their, quote, lies or their, quote, official narrative there. And eventually now they're coming around to admit the same truths that they previously denounced. Even the executives at Dominion are doing that in court now. What do you say to that, Chris? Wow. Well, that's a breakthrough, but uh, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because we will probably not hear about it on Fox or CNN or MSNBC, uh, or maybe we are. I don't know. I just, anything helps to get the message out because people are in a state of denial, even conservatives who voted for Donald Trump or voted for other conservatives who should have won this last election cycle. Even they're in a state of denial because they don't want, want to be labeled a coot. I don't know how to get that message out except on an individual basis. But if there's some uh, chinks in their armor that are starting to show, then that's a good thing. You know, let's just promote that as much as we can and use that against our enemies. 
Yep, we the people need to work with the county sheriff of America's last hope, and that's why Sheriff Mack and I had sitting sheriff or currently elected Sheriff Bob Songer from Klickitat County, Washington, with us second hour yesterday on the radio. And we talked about guns, and we talked about guns helped two brave women stop two violent criminals. Yeah, why I fight daily for rights of law-abiding citizens to own firearms, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Labera brought the piece forward, but I guess two brave women had guns. One of them, she was sitting in a store, and the thug came in uh, with a gun, and he pointed the gun at her, and she just smiled and pulled her gun up, <laughs> and he ran. He left. He took off. So that gun, just so you know, was not an assault weapon. It was a, it was a rob-me-not because, see, she didn't get robbed, Chris. She didn't yeah. get robbed at all. Yeah, the very... That was a happy ending to that story. Who, who knows what Then a 67-year-old woman was in her house, and some thug came in with a gun, and she brought out her own gun and shot the sucker. Well, that's even a better ending. <laughs> I like yeah, that that's called a Yeah, that's called a rape-me-not or, or beat-me-not or whatever you want to call those things in that case. That's what those weapons uh, are called. I just thought I'd yeah. bring that to your attention. We also talked about Sheriff Bob Songer's letter from Washington State sheriff's association they're not going along with gun control chris they're not doing it in their counties good what do you say to that yeah well god bless uh bob songers good man uh unfortunately there are few and far between of those types of sheriffs in our land because they genuflect yes. to the federal government they genuflect to the state governments they're elected they're accountable to the people who elected them as you have often pointed out you and richard match mac both and um, that's who they're accountable to the people that elected them. They don't, now, they don't Chris, need to here's what's interesting. There's more and more and more sheriffs, though, joining our ranks by the dozens every day. I mean, look, Good. in Illinois, by the way, we're going to Illinois to do some training on March the 4th, by the way. But in Illinois, Good. there's 102 sheriffs in the state, 102 county sheriffs. 90 of them agree with us on gun control and are absolutely Whoa. standing against Governor Pritzker. Yes. Good for them. Wow, that's critical mass, Sam. Now we're making progress. Yeah, yeah we and, about and the I think there's only like 52 counties or something total in Washington. 38 of them are saying no. Really? In Washington County? No, Washington State. In Washington State. I'm sorry, yeah, yes, Washington State. Yeah. Well, good, now, yeah, they're probably on the east side. The other They're probably <laughs> the ones on the east side that want to join Idaho. <laughs> And That's you know, right, the, the larger... along with Oregon that want to join Idaho. Now, the other interesting thing about this that you ought to know, folks, is, look, the CSPOA got our start by standing against gun control and going to the Supreme Court and winning, by the way. That's how we got our start at the CSPOA. And I should have you know, gun control has come up every so often. We've had as many as 600 sheriffs join us all at once and say no to gun control. At one point a few years ago, 28 out of 29 sheriffs in the state of Utah said no to gun control. So, folks, look, the sheriffs are drawing the line and starting to stand up and saying, you know what? Federal government, bureaucrats, at the you have crossed the line. You don't have authority. We're not doing this. We're not going along with your shenanigans any longer. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it sounds like we're making progress on that front, Sam. I'm happy to hear about it. I hope that's not just a short-lived uh, trend. I hope that they, they stand their ground because we certainly need them. Yep, but it only takes one, as you know, Sheriff Richard Mack went all the way to the Supreme Court and beat and stopped Bill Clinton. So, hey, you know what? 
the Lord doesn't need massive forces per se. Uh, and I use forces loosely. I'm talking about people who stand for what is right. I don't mean military force or anything like that. Um, don't twist my words, all you thugs that, that have every attempt to change everything that I say into somehow uh, some kind of violent rhetoric that's never been true on this broadcast, never has been and never will be true. Uh, but anyway, now I find a shame on Kevin McCarthy. So Kevin McCarthy <laughs> promised he was going to release all the January 6th footage so that we could get to the bottom of it. Why it took so long in the first place is beyond me. But finally, they say January 6th surveillance video is being released. But they're going to release it to Tucker Carlson's crew, who's been given access to, they say, 41,000 hours. Bob WND.com. Okay, now I appreciate that they're releasing it to somebody. But in the first place, Kevin made it sound like that all of us could look through it. All of us could dig in and find now it's being released to only Fox and Tucker. I'm not hmm. against they- Tucker, but you know what? Shame on them. What have they got to hide? Now they're in spin protection mode. Yeah. Why can't we all see it, Kevin? Shame on you. And in my opinion, it only takes one vote to get the speakership in question again. Why isn't anybody standing up now? This is a sham, Chris. Yeah, we'll see if that, that one vote and you're out. Uh, rule applies in this situation and we'll see if one person has enough courage to say wait a minute no this is nobody's right. saying anything about it dang well i mean see, a, and, a and i don't trust i don't trust tucker and i don't trust fox and let me tell you why that's not an assault against tucker i don't trust any singular person with that kind of control because the amount of pressure they're going to get to manipulate to only report part of to ignore certain things that pressure is too great release it to everyone in fact, we the people paid for the equipment, and we the people own the recordings, Chris. Yes, with our tax dollars. That's absolutely right. So, yeah, what are they trying to hide? Why not just release it to the general public is the question that I would pose. I don't care how good a, a commentator Tucker Carlson is. I mean, as a Carlson, I obviously take pride in that. Just kidding. But, um, yeah, I, they're, they're, they're hiding something. Uh, you know, the, the best disinfectant is uh, open daylight. And, uh, what, what, you know, they're hiding something. There's, there's no question about it. Yeah, he, he, he reneged on his promise to the American people that he would release the January 6th documents. Yeah, now he's so claiming much. success and claiming that he released it and kept his promise. And see, that's where I think the sham begins. Because no one yeah. would have been happy about this if he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to release it to a chosen inside mainstream press news organization and they're the only ones that are going to see it it reminds me back in the days before the bible was mass printed where the elites and the religious leaders and the government bureaucrats and kings and would be like look chris i've got the religious manuscripts from god let me go ahead and tell you what they say chris let me me interpret let me okay it's the same kind of deal they want to tell us what happened or what footage or release whatever they think or deem uh, acceptable or appropriate for consumption by you and me. See, I don't want those gatekeepers like they did back in the days of the Bible. Once the Bible was published in mass, we could all think for ourselves and understand it for ourselves, and the game changed. That's how we eventually started battling for our rights, is understanding biblical liberties and understanding that God had a different yep. plan for his people. Okay, the same thing's true here. Why are we trying to have the gatekeepers control it? Yep, 
No, we don't need gatekeepers. We are a free nation. We should be free. Uh, if information is dangerous, then it's the tyrants that uh, we should be concerned about, not the people that are trying now, to Let me be very us. clear of who has rolled out more on this than anybody. Fox has done virtually nothing about January 6th, hardly. I mean, Tucker's done a little bit, and I commend him. But the real people that have done the most on January 6th of anybody is the Epic Times. The government rolled out their narrative and had their clown show. But then the Epic Times did an incredible video showing the dereliction of duty on many members of government on the absolute assault by other members of government on we the people. The only buddy that's the only group that's documented in detail is the Epic Times. My buddy Josh Phillip and others. Why not let the Epic Times have a stack at this thing? Why only Tucker and Fox? I'm telling you right now, folks, you've been had. It's a sham. Shame on Kevin. That's a recap of yesterday's show. Available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net and Brideon.tv. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. After two years of the border crisis has seen millions of immigrants enter the United States illegally and the Biden administration allowing them to stay in country, putting the massive financial burden on the American people, the administration announced this week a plan to limit who can qualify for asylum. Illegal immigrants who move through another country on the way and don't first apply for asylum in that country will be ineligible to enter the United States. The Trump administration in 2019 successfully used this policy known as the transit ban. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott says another massive group is preparing to hit the border soon. We have information about uh, people who are in Central America right now making their way uh, toward the border. Two weeks after a catastrophic train derailment unleashed toxic materials on a small village of East Palestine, Ohio, some local residents say they are being ignored by the government and are crying for help. Former President Trump plans to visit the Ohio town today. Pennsylvania state lawmakers will scrutinize Norfolk Southern during a hearing tomorrow in Beaver County. And environmental advocate Aaron Brockovich will host a town hall Friday in East Palestine. Americans are willing to pay subscription fees for streaming services, pet food, even some shopping sites. But will you pay monthly to eat out? Well, many chain and neighborhood restaurants alike are betting you would do the same for your favorite meals. Some chains like P.F. Chang's and Panera are already experimenting with a subscription model as a way to ensure a steady stream of revenue and customers. Under a monthly fee-based model, some restaurants will offer unlimited drinks or free delivery. Others will bring out your favorite appetizer every time you visit. Subscription services, by the way, are on an upswing nationwide, with the average American having 6.7 subscriptions in 2022. That's up from just 4.2 in 2019. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride.
Do you have a story to tell? Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800 734 1229. 800 734 1229. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, live and on your radio, it's Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman breaking it down just for you. So shame on Kevin McCarthy to release it only to Tucker Carlson. And I don't know what Tucker's going to do. He's going to dig into it and I'm sure be manipulated and everything else. Why not release it to the public, Kevin? What are you afraid of, sir? But I got another idea. See, if it was only released to me, Sam Bushman, I would be against it also. See, we don't need one person to be the gatekeeper and the controller of of the information. And if I was the one, if Kevin released it to me, I would just turn around and release it to the nation and release it to everybody. I'd say, hey, guys, I need all the media's help on this thing. And here it all is. Now, if they wanted to contractually tie me, say, Sam, we'll release it to you on condition that you don't release it to anybody else in, in its entirety or whatever, I would then blow the whistle on that publicly and say, listen, they tried to get me to be the gatekeeper of this thing, and I ain't doing it. So shame on Kevin, and uh, to some degree, shame on Tucker. I don't know yet at this point what Tucker's going to do, so I can't really say too much shame on Tucker. But I'm just saying I want Tucker to speak out nobly, boldly, independently. This isn't the way it's supposed to work, people. Why does Kevin, a single person, get to choose the single media outlet to release this information to? How fair, open, transparent, accountable is that, Chris? It's not at all. And shame on Tucker, like you said. Uh, if, If I were Tucker, I would say, yeah, hand it over. I'll do with it as I feel necessary. Then I would proceed to release it to the general public, just as you stated. And if the establishment wants to get all up in arms about it, great. That'll be perfect for our cause. We want that reaction. Then the people will say, okay, they do have something to hide in these documents. So, But he won't do it. This is documents, but this is hours of video as well proving that cops literally intentionally invited people into the Capitol, uh, proving that the government was literally um, creating incendiary devices and lobbying them at the public and stuff. The government was literally in a soft war with the public here. None of that side has been told. This is video proving all this, Chris. Yeah, the Epic Times uh, demonstrated. I, you and I, we, we both watched those videos. And uh, it, if the general public was able to have access through Tucker Carlson. You know, he's a very high-profile figure. Many conservatives trust him probably a little too much, and we'll see how trustworthy he's going to be here. But, um, yeah, release those documents. Just show the people, because I got a feeling that he's just going to release those that don't do not uh, damage the reputation of the government too often. Well, and what he's going to do is he's going to release enough of them to get us incensed, enough of them for us to wring our hands and go, golly, ain't that horrible, but not enough to criminally prosecute, Chris. Yes, yes. See, that's the fear I have. 
And then Tucker Carlson is going to come out looking like a hero when, in fact, he's just, like you said, he's a gatekeeper. We don't need gatekeepers. Uh, You know, if the media wants to be a gatekeeper, then just be a disseminator of information more than uh, a procurator of information. This is not a museum. We're not in a museum. All right, I'll give you another example to, uh, to illustrate this point, Chris, that you need to know. I don't know if you know, but a Georgia grand jury just recommended indictments against multiple people on various charges after concluding its eighth-month-long investigation into election fraud, including or involving Donald Trump. The panel's foreperson, or that's kind of the leader of the grand jury there, Emily Coors, I think is how you say her name, declined to name any of those who were referred for charges including whether Trump was among them, okay? So at one hand, they go, wow, we have this big eight-month investigation on the people's time. Now we're going to come out and say, yeah, we recommended some indictments, but none of the details are forthcoming. We don't know who, what, where, or anything like that. Now, if you're against Trump, you say, oh, Trump lost big on this. Now there's indictments. Some are saying, well, the indictments are going to come down. Donald's going to go to jail. Uh, Others are saying, no, Donald won. So listen to this. The special grand jury, part of the investigation into whether Trump interfered into the 2020 presidential elections, has published, quote, part of its report. The report determined that there was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election and encouraged the prosecution of witnesses who are suspected of perjury. So what I find fascinating about this is both sides are declaring victory. They had an eight-month investigation, and at the end of the day, we the people know nothing except for both sides are claiming, wow, we got this. There's indictments. It's probably against Trump, but we're not naming who. Others are going, no, it means there was no widespread uh, election interference. Neither situation does any good for the people. There's no transparency or accountability. See, this is what I'm talking about, Chris. Yeah, so this is that's why I have often referred to Washington D.C. as Hollywood East, Sam. It is all so staged and so stage directed. It it's just it's a it's it's I guess it's acting for people that are less attractive. <laughs> you if, if you're not attractive and you you know you want to make a lot of money and and be worshipped into the bargain, then go to Washington D.C. If you're attractive, then go to Hollywood, and you'll get a job there. So either way, you're just an actor, and everything is stage directed and is designed to do exactly what it's doing, Sam, to divide us along political lines. And I refuse, you know, to be a part of that deception. So yeah, it, they purposely delete information that might clarify what actually happened, and they make it intentionally vague so that we continue to argue and bicker and to speculate and to just grasp at straws. And it gets us nowhere. It gets us nowhere at all, Sam. See, but I think Except- they should all be sued over this by both sides. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. If I'm Donald Trump right now, and you know for sure if I'm not being indicted or if I am, you know what? You need to clearly make that known to the people, all right? Uh, there's no yeah. it damages Donald's reputation, for example, if he's not being indicted to make people feel like he very well could be. He might be. We're not saying who is, who's not. We're going to basically leave this vague. We're going to it damages Donald's reputation and Donald's character, Donald's businesses. If he's not being indicted to think that he is or if he is 
to leave speculation that he may not be has problems. And so I think all these people that are involved in this or that might have handed down indictments, uh, people who testified, et cetera, I think they all ought to do a class action lawsuit and say, shame on you. If you have the answers, yeah. deliver them. If you say, well, we can't deliver them yet, we got to talk to the individuals first or whatever, then do that before releasing your report. We've already waited eight months for your report. But right now what you're doing is playing games, casting, casting dispersions on many people for maybe no cause, uh, but you're manipulating the public's mind. On one hand, everybody plays victory here. The anti-Trumpers are going, yeah, we won. There's indictments coming down. You wait to see who they are. And then the guys that defend the Donald, the always Trumpers versus the never Trumpers, the always Trumpers are going, yeah, you know what? We won big. They said there's no real mass coordinated conspiracy on this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> they determined there was uh. no widespread fraud here. See, what a disgrace on all counts. I think they ought to be sued for this. Get your act together and release facts, not speculation, innuendo, and assertions that don't have any uh, details fleshing them out for real uh you know accountability and transparently or transparency shame on these criminals yeah yeah they always keep us guessing and you know we're always just one step away from a great victory right sam and you know um the last one it didn't quite pan out the way we wanted it to but just just wait just you wait this next one will be a huge victory we'll get our country back on a firm constitutional footing and we'll live happily ever after. And it never, ever seems to materialize. And you're right. Now, all those, all those folks said, hey, wait, Donald's going to use the military to take back our country. This is happening. That's happening. I never believed it. I never supported it because I don't believe the military is the way to restore the republic anyway. Nevertheless, now Donald Trump is either showing his true colors as a deep state operative or his complete ignorance. Don't know which at this point. I suspect the former... But here's the headline, Chris. Trump says he's now warming to the idea of his campaign pushing for mail-in balloting and early voting. Why, he says, because Republicans have to play the game. Yeah, Trump said that he's now embracing vote-by-mail and more early voting campaigns ahead of the 2024 contest uh, you know what i don't yeah. care if he's ignorant or part of the deep state but shame on him what the heck is he talking about just because there's criminals everywhere let's join the criminals if you can't beat them join them i mean this guy is off his rock crazy he wanted to eat the constitution several weeks ago now he wants to betray his stance on voting what the heck is up with this guy chris well you know and it's it's amazing that one individual can be that ignorant, but you know what's even more amazing, Sam? The fact that his supporters continue to support him in spite of evidence to the contrary that he is not a constitutionalist. That's what's amazing. Donald, hey, Donald, if you want to talk about this on air and justify yourself or have a debate about this, I'll pay for it. I know you're kind of, you know, you don't have as much money as you used to have, you know? I can help you with the cash. We'll cover it. We'll pay for it on the radio. Join us. My friend will talk about it, huh? You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still-industrializing 
countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Yeah, so whacked out. I don't know what you want to say. Donald Trump now, he's now embracing vote by mail and early voting. He said we got to play a game. So that means you got to jump into the criminal enterprise and commit vote fraud yourself to win. Is that what you're saying, Donald? Either way, shame on you, sir. Why don't you hold the line for integrity and accountability? I don't understand it, Chris. Well, you know, that reminds me of Mitt Romney. I believe Mitt Romney won the 2008 election. Uh, Or was it the 2012? Yeah, the 2012 election. But even he denied that there was any voter irregularities, which were pretty obvious at the time. Uh, so these these people they have to be deep staters. I mean, you 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 believe that he's a deep stater. Uh, I think there's a mountain of evidence. I called him out as a deep stater before he was even elected, Sam. They're just too much because one human being can't be that dumb. And Donald Trump is not dumb. He's very clever. He's very intelligent. He may not be wise. He's, I don't think he's good, uh, but he's he's not dumb. That's one thing that he is not. So the people following him, however, I would classify them as being pretty dumb. Well, you're right about that. And and the problem that I have with Donald is why would you ever, and, and I don't understand this, if whether you are a, you know, a deep stater or whether you're just you know not very smart or whether you just want to win so bad, your judgment's clouded, I don't know. But why would you ever say, let's just get rid of the Constitution? Okay, you swore an yeah. oath to it for four years. Now you're trying to get me to allow you to swear an oath again to it by electing you, and you want to get rid of that document that, that, that relates to your whole oath of office? Okay, that's number one. Then number two, why would you ever say, hey, these people are early voting, they're doing mail balloting, it's all fraud, and then later you come back and say, hey, I'm going to endorse this. we got to play their game. we got to commit fraud too. Let's just see who's the best fraudster. What I don't understand how you could ever 
ever have that kind of understanding, Chris? What kind of morals do you have at the at the end of that road? I think they're pushing the envelope to see how far and how uh, deceived the American people can be. And so far, so good for the side of uh, the deceivers, because the American people, at least on my end, aren't picking up on it. Um, and it's very sad because we're the last great hope. I mean, we, we should be in the majority, the people that really want to see this nation preserved. Yet we're going right along. We, we've uh, in, invested ourselves so emotionally, Sam. It's like, I'll give you an example. Like there, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, BYU basketball. And about 12 years ago, they had a guy on their team that was a dirty player. Everybody knew it. But nobody spoke out against it because he was our dirty player. And we had to support him, you know, good or evil, right or wrong. And I think people have gotten that weight about Trump. They, they feel that he's our last great hope, and it doesn't matter how he deviates here or he is inaccurate on the constitutional principles there. You know, for the most part, we, we have to stick with him because there's no other person out there that can take his place. And I disagree with that 1,000%. I think people are deceiving themselves. Well, I think you're right. I think your example is very good. But there's a conservative author and businessman. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. He's certainly not a household name to me, I'll tell you that. His name is Vivek Romas. Romas um, Wami, Romas Wami, he announced on Tuesday that he's running for president in the 2024 race. Do you know who this guy is? Never heard of him, Sam. He sounds like maybe he's from India, Pakistan. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I don't know. But I look at this and I just go, what the heck? Who is this guy? Right. What's yeah. up with this guy? And after trying sexism, now liberals are deploying racist conspiracy theories against Nikki Haley. Now, I'm not a fan of Nikki. I think she's a deep stater, too, okay? But now yeah. she's running, and now you have this Vivek Romasawi, however you say his name. He's running, and I just think, wow, uh, they really want us to believe there's no choices, huh, Chris? <laughs> These people. <laughs> right. Yeah, the people they're putting forward. Um, I'll I'll probably vote uh, for the candidate that runs under the Constitution Party this year, although I don't know if that's been announced yet. I but, love, uh, by the way, the Constitution Party. My only issue with them is they don't come out with their person soon enough. They always wait yeah. so late to make a difference, right? Yeah, I mean, now, they don't this, get made. Go ahead. This weird guy, this Womaskamy guy, he was born August 9th, 1985. He's 37 years old. Born okay. in Cincinnati, Ohio, United States. Okay. He went to Harvard, Yale. He's a co-founder uh, co and chairman of Strive Asset Management. He's a Republican of the political party. A spouse I don't know how to say her name. Apoorva Turari. He has two children. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. He's an author. 
He founded a biopharmaceutical company before he got into this asset management stuff. It's called Royman Sciences. He's the author of a book called Woke Inc. Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, which was published in August 2021. I guess um, yeah. he's been involved in investment firms, technology companies, companies, pharmaceutical companies. He's been writing and speaking out against stakeholder capitalism, big tech censorship, and critical race theory. Now, he was dubbed the CEO of Anti-Woke in his New Yorker profile. He's been described as one of the intellectual godfathers of the anti-woke movement. And he stands for a common sense populist approach. He's now a candidate for the president of the United States in the 24 election. He announced his decision on Tucker Carlson. Speaking of friends in high places, I can't even get a hold of Tucker, but this guy just got a hold of him. No problem. Um, his parents immigrated from Vatican tree. What country? Anyway, a bunch of names, but India is the bottom line. Oh, India. they say Vatican tree, Polakid, the Corolla, India. Yeah. Now, okay. I guess he's an American citizen. Now, uh, I don't really understand. But he argues that American capitalist-style system provides an anecdote to the caste system in India. Okay. Now, it just goes on and on. In high school... Well, he was class valedictorian. He was a tennis player, an accomplished pianist. And uh, in 2007, he graduated from Harvard College. Yeah, <laughs> that's a red flag as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway, yeah. his thesis was awarded the prize for natural sciences. Anyway, it goes on. But this is interesting to me. And I don't mean to be offensive with this comment. Everybody who thinks I'm a white supremacist will take this to the bank. Have fun. Because I don't care what you think. But I will say this. How come these Indian people and these people that are um, first-generation Americans, Nikki Haley, this guy, how come they all somehow have charmed lives? They come here. They go to the best colleges. They graduate. They just find themselves at the top of the country circles. But yet Americans who have been here for their lifetimes – Americans are been, can't get that done, but somehow these charmed, bring your huddled masses, they come broke, and their parents are working in menial jobs to try to learn the language and convert to American beliefs. And, and But, man, these people are just launched to the top of the ticket. Barack Obama's an example. Nikki Haley's an example. Now, this guy, I can't even pronounce his name, is an example. How does this always happen, Chris? That's a very good question, and most people would probably just shrug their shoulders and say, well, if he or she's a good American, it doesn't matter. And I think it does in this sense, and I agree with you, Sam. They're trying to change the complexion of this nation. They're trying to – it's an attack on white America. And as racist as that may sound, uh, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with uh, James Edwards. Uh, Eddie the Bombardier Miller, they are literally trying to, to 
replace the white population of this country with those from third world countries because even though it may sound racist, Sam, they know that people from third world countries have a greater propensity and they gravitate towards socialism more. And eventually that's where they want to go with this. So they're trying to change the complexion. They're trying to make America out to be this multicultural nation, which is great. There are many wonderful people from foreign countries, my wife being one of them. She's from Peru. Can't speak out against people just because they're born in a third world underdeveloped country. What I do want to speak against is this intentional targeting of red, white, and blue traditional northern European extraction white people. Why is it that there's such, it seems like there's such an attack on them? So there is an agenda, and that's what it is. Because they Ramis, know that the. Go ahead. Ramis Whammy is this guy's name. Vivek Ramis. Okay. And I look at it, and I'm yeah. not against him. I'm not against his race. I'm not against his color. I'm not against his his origins or his country or his ethnicity or anything. But what I'm saying is how do these people come so broke? Look at Ted Cruz to make another point. I can keep going on. Look at Rubio for another point. You know, all these people, you know, somehow their parents come here. <clears throat> they flee communist regimes. And, wow, magically their children are just rock stars. Attorneys, doctors, owners, owners of pharmaceutical companies, super wealthy leaders of the gone to the best schools, the best. I just don't see how it all happens over and over and over again. And when you look at the amount of people this has happened to, again, you start to say this cannot be by accident or coincidence or just that they're smart or good people. If that was all there was to it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But the problem that I have with it is somehow these people launch to the front of the line every time. Okay, look at Nikki Haley, another great example. She's like, I'm as American as apple pie. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe she grew up here. Maybe this other guy grew up here. Okay, but look, they recently came. They have a very short immigration story. How did they just become rock stars and get put at the front of the line? You got that and the Donald are the only three that have announced they're running at this point, right? Um, and then you've yeah. got Biden, who has not really announced, but has hinted strongly. You got Kamala Harris, another strange example. Communist roots and family, black allegations. She slept her way to the top. Now you got her to contend with. You got this guy that's supposedly just an average Joe worker in Scranton. Joe Biden ends up at the top. How does this stuff happen, people? Anyway, what a shame that is. Hour one of the can, two coming back. Chris Carlson will be with me. Who the heck do you think you are? I'll tell you the details in seconds. Hour one in the can, two coming up. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally. We need every penny to grow our presence in the media. Please give us the support. Or we could use every bit of it. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so using the checks and balances brilliantly placed in the supreme law of the land by our founding fathers. We need to carry forward their legacy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Chris Carlson with me. Welcome, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we cannot win, Sam. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Well, I mentioned that uh, the government, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy in specific, is giving all the goods to uh, Tucker Carlson at Fox, shame on them, while Trump's promoting <laughs> fraud, <laughs> mail-in balloting, uh, vote-by-mail and early voting campaigns, so Donald doubling down and embracing fraud now. Shame on them. While they're literally having these clown candidates run, uh, and I say clown because no one even knows who they are, like Nikki Haley, come on. A woman's never even got out of the primaries, much less uh, really made it for president. I'm not downing women. I'm not saying, but look, do you want the first woman, really, Nikki Haley, um, who, you know, and now you got this Vivek guy or whatever. These guys, are, they're first-generation Americans. How do they even get there? I'm not downing them for their race. I'm just saying, how do they all of a sudden come uh, to America fleeing for freedom, and next thing you know, they're at the top of the ticket? I mean, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, this Vivek guy, Nikki Haley, all these people, Barack Obama. How does this all go down? It's just shocking to me. It's it, There's something wrong. Things don't happen uh, by accident. But while that's going on, they're shutting me down. They have done so on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and everything else for a long time. If they don't take you down outright, they shadow ban you, etc. Well, Laura Bobert is her name, and she is livid about it. And she had the opportunity to explode on the House floor to a... Um, Twitter executive for shadow banning her. Here's how the conversation went, Chris. Five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Uh, Matt Taibbi, a respected reporter who published much of the Twitter files, said, quote, Twitter's contact with FBI was constant and pervasive as if it were a subsidiary. Now, I want to better understand why he would suggest that. Mr. Roth, while at Twitter, how many meetings did you have with the FBI? I couldn't say for sure, but I more would than say 10? Was, that's a reasonable more than 20? estimate. I couldn't say for sure. More than 50? <laughs> that seems a bit high. Many meetings with the FBI. Well, we know uh, uh, how many FBI agents worked at Twitter while you were there? I don't believe any active FBI Former agents. Former FBI agents. How many worked there while you were there? I'm aware of perhaps two. Well, we know of at least nine um, because they started the BU group chat, BU for Bureau. Now, Mr. Roth, did the FBI ever ask you to share information like users' communication data without going through proper legal channels? No, they did not. And I would have refused if they had. Um, that's correct. I see that you denied Agent Chan's request for access to Twitter's data feed. What's sick isn't that you would deny it. Uh, it's that the FBI would even ask you for the private data of American citizens without going through legal channels 
of the law. Now, I want to remind you, Mr. Roth, that you are under oath. Did the FBI ever ask you to do anything that was illegal or questionably legal? I'm not a lawyer, but certainly not to the best of my recollection or knowledge. Now, from the hearing that I've been a part of today, um, it's almost impossible to tell where the FBI ends and where Twitter begins. We have Mr. Baker here, a former FBI agent, and there seems to be a revolving door between the FBI and Twitter itself. Um, even Mr. Baker said that there was no collusion with the federal government and Twitter. But Mr. Baker, that's you. You are the collusion between the federal government and the FBI. And now, with it, this is such a problem because we're seeing censorship all over. Mr. Roth, Ms. Gaddy, did either of you approve the shadow banning of my account at Lauren Boebert? Yes or no? <laughs> no, I did not. Not to the best of my recollection. Well, let me refresh your memory because on March 12th, 2021, now pause for a and Mr. Roth, I know. Not to the best of my recollection. See, those answers are trained answers prepared to make sure you don't get in trouble. Because if it turns out to be true, well, I just didn't recollect it. I never said it didn't happen. I just didn't recollect it, you see. And these answers, like, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't recall. I'm not. I, I'm, well, maybe. Uh, that seems a bit high. Well, I don't know around there. I'm not really sure. I don't know. See, these people are intentionally coming here knowing full well how to answer to never get perjured. Um, but Miss Bobert, this congresswoman, is drilling into them and she's giving them examples. So she gives them the date, the details. Here it is. Oh, you looked at it because fascist Twitter 1.0 had a public interest exceptions policy, which means for members of Congress to be shadow banned, it had to go before you, Mr. Roth. So I'll ask again, did you shadow ban my account? Yes or no? Again, not to the best of my recollection. So the answer is, Mr. Roth, yes, you did. I found out last night from Twitter staff that you suppressed my account for this tweet. It's a freaking joke about Hillary Clinton being angry that she couldn't rig her election. It's a joke. But in response, being the sinister overlords that you all are, you placed a 90-day account filter so I could not be found. And now we see here that Twitter staff said the visibility filter on my account excluded me from top searches, prevented notifications for non-followers, and much more. This is considered an aggressive visibility filter. You silenced members of Congress from communicating with their constituents. You, you silenced me from communicating with the American people over a freaking joke. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? Election interference? Yeah, I would say that that was taking place because of you four sitting here. The Hunter Biden laptop story was suppressed. A sitting member of Congress was suppressed. A, a sitting president was banned from Twitter. You know, I bet that Putin is sitting in the Kremlin wishing he had as much election intervention interference as you four here today. We've heard about threats to democracy. Well, what about shutting down a duly elected member of Congress? This is fundamental to our nation's governance, and you all attacked that very foundation. 230 protections? Well, those are for publishers, not for editors. And it's clear you are not acting as publishers. You are acting as editors. And, Mr. Chairman, I think it's far past time that we remove 230 protections for, for big tech platforms who are abusing this protection. 
And let me just say, I'm not angry for myself. I'm not angry because I was silenced. I can reach out to Elon and to his staff and I can see what's happened. And I can sit here today and hold you all in account. I am angry for the millions of Americans who were silenced because of your decisions, because of your actions, because of your collusion with the federal government. They can't reach out to Elon. They can't sit here today and hold you into account. We don't know where the FBI ends and Twitter begins. Free speech and even Twitter. Mr. Chairman, I yield. Uh, the lady yields uh, went right. over. There it is. You can let that go. That, we're done with that. But here's my point, though. I appreciate that she's angry. I know she's angry because she was banned also, even though she says that she cares more about the American people. I think she does. I think she's legitimately angry. But let me give you the, the real concern that I have. And I said this last hour uh, regarding accountability and transparency. Just like Tucker Carlson, he's going to bring up enough to stir us all up, but never enough to put people in prison. Okay, this lady, Miss Bobert, she's a wonderful person. Don't get me wrong. She almost lost her election from what I understand. She uh, basically, they manipulated the elections. We now have proof of that. When you literally tamper with her account and shut it down for 90 days, people can't find her. People can't. Okay, you literally tampered with the election. Okay, you guys say that we have no evidence of election tampering. And there is one of the best evidence pieces that I will give you, along with arrests and many other evidential realities. However, here's the point. She was livid. This can go viral. But there's not any effort to really create accountability. Kevin's not backing her in the house saying, all right, let's go ahead and charge criminals and arrest people and put people in prison. It's enough to get you so incensed that your hands are ringing and you just don't you don't know what you're going to do. You're just livid. But yet at the end of the day, they're not putting anybody in prison, Chris. And until they do, we're not getting anywhere, buddy. Just enough to give you a false sense that we're making a little progress. That's what it's all about, Sam. But I don't think Lauren Bobart is very sincere, and here's why. Because if she were sincere, she would be going to the source of the problem, which is the finance of Twitter, the finance of Facebook, the finance of Snapchat, and these other social media platforms. Where did they get their money to get uh, started? They got it from the American taxpayer monies through uh, organizations like InQtel in the Atlantic Council. People don't even know these names because they're not common household names. And I don't know if Lauren Bobart uh, knows who, who um, what uh, InQtel is, which is the finance arm of the CIA, which all of these social media platforms and Google, including Google, and I guess you could call that a somewhat of a social media platform, even more powerful. They would be going towards the finance of these organizations. That's why they have become so powerful. That's why they, we haven't been able to compete with them in the private sector. But she doesn't do that because she knows that if she did, she probably wouldn't get campaign finances for her next election. So that I appreciate her attack, ladies and gentlemen, and good for her for at least doing something. I'm not here to criticize it. But, folks, we have got to go to the next level and arrest these criminals. If we don't, we let it stand, right? Right. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Live and on your radio with Chris Carlson, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Lauren Boebert's literal attack on a Twitter executive. Who the hell do you think you are, she says. I'll tell you who he is, Miss Boebert. You ready? He is a criminal that's in bed with the FBI and the CIA. And these criminals have been in bed together controlling the Internet for decades. This is nothing new. And it's been done with the blessing of Congress over the years, and it's been done with government money. In a trifecta, InQtel is the government CIA corporate arm in bed with universities and in bed with big tech companies and the Pentagon. It's a four-way cluster of dishonesty and immorality. And you've scratched the surface in your attack on this executive, but you know what? You're going to get nowhere with that. Now, I appreciate your rant. It sounds cool in the media. Man, Ms. Bobert, the new elected firebrand from Colorado or whatever, she she's going to rock and tear it up and do a great. No, she's not. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change, folks. Okay, you don't believe me? Listen to this. Senator Rand Paul emailed me, and he says, Big Tech censored me. Oh, really, Rand? You too, huh, buddy? The Big Tech overlords at Google are at it again. Yeah, they flagged my town hall column all because I raised very real concerns about Dr. Fauci's gain-of-function research. Now, I appreciate Rand telling us that, but look, they banned Rand Paul. 
they are causing town hall problems. Well, town hall, by the way, is the same as Salem News. Town hall is where our news comes from at the top of the hour, people. And so they're being shadow banned now. They're being blocked. Rand Paul's being blocked. Bobert's being blocked. Everybody's being blocked. Elon Musk brought out that the government's in bed with big tech, and they're all blocking and doing all this stuff. But do you see any action? Do you see Kevin McCarthy really, like, taking names and kicking butt? And, and okay, or do you just see nothing but, wow, another guy's been banned. You too, huh? Johnny, come lately. You got banned. Oh, did you know that, no, oh, the president got banned. Oh, What's happening? Nothing. We just hear more and more and more criminal activity with no repercussions, Chris. None. Senator Paul can't make a difference. Boebert can't make a difference. McCarthy's going to just trust Tucker with the goods to get to the bottom of that one. See, mainstream, in bed with government, and these revolving doors go round and round and round. A government goes to Twitter. Government goes to the media. Government goes to Fox. Fox goes to the government. CNN goes to the government. They all just have this cluster whatever you want to say, of confusion. In the end, they all get rich, and you and I all suffer, and they pretend we're so close to the bottom of it. But I don't see any action whatsoever that's going to put anybody in jail. The only people that are in jail are the good guys, in many cases, politically speaking. And the bad guys run free. Hillary runs free. Barack Hussein Obama runs free, right? This is just a travesty. And, and, I, and I appreciate it, but now Senator Rand Paul's begging me for money to help him uh, defeat the Googleists. Wow. Yeah, I need to give you some more money to get that done because, man, you guys are spending, what, $5 trillion a year, and that doesn't get it done? $4 trillion a year? You're going in debt. We're $30-plus trillion in debt, and it's rising every second, and you want me to give you money so you can fix it? For reals now. How if I give you another 50 bucks, Rand Paul, is that going to help you fix anything? Okay, we've got no accountability for Anthony Fauci or any of the Twitter executives or Google or any of these clowns, Chris. No, we don't. Like I said, Hollywood East. I mean, Lauren Bobart, you got to give her credit. She put on an award-winning performance. I, she even almost had me, Sam. <laughs> you know, I appreciated her passion. I appreciated her uh, exposing the fraud of Twitter. By the way, where is Elon Musk in this whole scenario? I thought he was well, I'll tell you where he is. Hold on, I'll tell you where he is. Last we heard of Elon Musk, he went to Washington and sat down uh, with um, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and Mr. Jeffries, the, um, I don't know what you say, the minority, or yeah, minority leader or whatever. Leader. So Joaquin yeah. Jeffries and Kevin McCarthy sat down with Elon, and Elon said, how do I be fair to both of you? <laughs> yeah. What See, about it's how insane, be, people? Uh, it is insane, and it's just the, their performances, and and they almost, like I said, I was almost convinced that Lowen Bobart had my best interest at heart, based on well, what I believe it or not. To. Believe it or not, I know specific congressmen, and I know there's been congressmen who have really tried to change the game. Steve Stockman's one of them. He went to prison. Okay, Steve King's another one, good friend, both of them. Uh, you know what? He didn't go to prison, but he got he lost his elections. Uh, okay, I do believe there's good people. She may be genuine, Chris, she but she doesn't be. have any power to change anything at all. And she knows if she attacks the money powers in Washington, D.C., that she will not win her next election. She will be cut off. She will not have – and ask Cynthia McKinney. There's a case in point. Great Cynthia point. McKinney – yeah, I don't know if you did any research on her. She refused to go along with the Israeli first agenda in Washington, 
and she was a one-term congressperson, and she understood uh, where the power lies, and it is money. And until and unless, that's, that's the problem I have with Rand Paul. He talks about this penny plan. Well, forget about the penny plan. About 75% of what Washington, D.C. does today is unconstitutional. Let's talk about the 75-cent plan based on that. Yeah, but Ron, Rand's do, only point is if they won't save a penny, they won't save more. So he's, he's proven a valuable point. And, again, I don't think Ron yeah. is our, or Rand is our enemy at all. I don't think that Boebert no. is our enemy. I don't think that any of these people are. The problem is they're powerless to change anything. And rather than coming clean with that reality and pointing that out, they act like if you just give them a couple of more dollars, if you just back Lauren and make this go viral, if you just, if you just, if you just. But how viral can we make it when she's being shadow banned? Answer, not very viral, people. They've got control. Remember that? See, that's the problem, Chris. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Lauren Bobart is sincere or not. I hope she is. I hope Rand Paul is sincere. I hope um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is sincere. I, I questioned all three of those people. But until and unless they address the money situation, the fraudulent nature of our money and the ability of the deep state to print it, uh, ad nauseum with, with reckless abandon until that issue is addressed we will continue to lose because it's a numbers game they they can outspend us 100 to 1 alright we you don't want to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene then yeah Georgia rep Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted the country needs a national divorce a divorce between red states and blue states she says and then we need to shrink the federal government. Well, wasn't she one of the people that came out originally in favor of Kevin McCarthy? So where's her credibility right, right, right up front? Uh, it's melted down. Her. And why have a divorce between red states and blue states? How do you have a divorce, Chris? How's that going to go down? Uh, well, we tried that in 1961, 1861. Yeah, it was called yeah. the, um, the War of Northern Aggression. <laughs> In my book. Yeah. We tried that. It didn't well, work too well. But look, let's say we have a national divorce. What will it be? Are we going to have a separate, you know, general government for whatever states? Will we divorce? Are you going to have two general governments now? What are you going to have? No general government yeah. at all, but just separation of states? You know, these statements made by these people are, ab I don't mean to be rude, but they're absolutely ignorant. Now, I get the point. What she's trying to say, she's trying to say, look, we can't get along with you people. And you people are so egregious that, that look, we'll never work it out, so we got to have a national divorce. I understand the point being made, but they haven't thought through this at all. How do you have a divorce between the red states and the blue states? Who decides that? The states just say, we're not going to be with you anymore. We're with our like-minded red buddies. And the other guys are, we're, we're with our like-minded blue buddies. Then you say, okay, well, which way does Washington go? Okay, it goes with the blue. So now the blue has the general government and, Washington, or, and the blue states. And so now what does the red do? Say, okay, we're seceding? How are you going to secede when all the borders of the nation and all the coasts and all the imports or all the ports are controlled by the blue states pretty much? Yeah, because of interstate commerce. That's the problem. Right. The interstate okay, how, commerce are you gonna, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to back away? Uh, how are you going to secede? Are you going to set up another government in a different place? Okay, look, well, it's a plan okay. that will not work, Chris. Well, well, no, no. Think about this for a second, because I might actually agree more with Marjorie Taylor Greene on this issue than than you do. But you're going to lose, it is, just like you lost in 1861, buddy. 
Yeah, but the only reason we lost is because the the North insisted that uh, they reunite with the South on their terms, which was you surrender. And they're not going to insist that again? Hold on, they're not going to insist that again? The blue states are just going to let the red states bail peacefully? You believe the Democrats and the communists and the socialists who now have you under their thumb in a red state, you believe they're just going to back off and go, "Ah, sayonara, bro? Okay. Well, well, look at it from this perspective, Sam. We are supposed to be 50 individual states to begin with. So Marjorie Taylor Greene is right on that point. So if that's what she's trying to restore, the original intent of the Constitution. But but, but how do you do that by divorcing the two colored states based on parties? Okay. Remember, George Washington warned against parties in the blue state, red state scenario in the first place. General George Washington, in his farewell address, said it would be the undoing of the nation. Now she wants to help undo it? Wow. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. After two years of the border crisis has seen millions of immigrants enter the United States illegally and the Biden administration allowing them to stay in country, putting the massive financial burden on the American people, the administration announced this week a plan to limit who can qualify for asylum. Illegal immigrants who move through another country on the way and don't first apply for asylum in that country will be ineligible to enter the United States. The Trump administration in 2019 successfully used this policy known as the transit ban. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott says another massive group is preparing to hit the border soon. We have information about uh, people who are in Central America right now making their way uh, toward the border. Two weeks after a catastrophic train derailment unleashed toxic materials on a small village of East Palestine, Ohio, some local residents say they are being ignored by the government and are crying for help. Former President Trump plans to visit the Ohio town today. Pennsylvania state lawmakers will scrutinize Norfolk Southern during a hearing tomorrow in Beaver County. And environmental advocate Aaron Brockovich will host a town hall Friday in East Palestine. Americans are willing to pay subscription fees for streaming services, pet food, even some shopping sites. But will you pay monthly to eat out? Well, many chain and neighborhood restaurants alike are betting you would do the same for your favorite meals. Some chains like P.F. Chang's and Panera are already experimenting with a subscription model as a way to ensure a steady stream of revenue and customers. Under a monthly fee-based model, some restaurants will offer unlimited drinks or free delivery. Others will bring out your favorite appetizer every time you visit. Subscription services, by the way, are on an upswing nationwide, with the average American having 6.7 subscriptions in 2022. That's up from just 4.2 in 2019. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! (laughs) Turns out he likes to do it by feel. (laughs) Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. (laughs) They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. 
Do you have a story to tell? Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-734-1229. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, so I think it's an absolute sham. The problem is I don't know who's sincere and who's not sincere in this game we're playing, ladies and gentlemen. But I know this. The country is at stake. And when Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene says we need a national divorce between red and blue states. Yeah, we need to downsize. We need to shrink the federal government. I agree with the general idea that she's making, which is shrink the government. But look, based on partisan politics, Chris, George Washington warned against it. That, and that's the problem. You're 100% correct because it creates uh, an artificial sense of loyalty to a party rather than to principles. So what Marjorie Taylor Greene needs to do, Sam, is she needs to parse her words a little more constitutionally rather than party-oriented. So that's her problem. If, if she would just say we need to restore the principles so that we're not so much beholden to the federal government on the part of each state – then I think we've got some common ground upon which we Amen. can rebuild this nation. Yeah, I agree. But so what does just, saying a national divorce? What what does that do to help? Okay, because saying that we're going to divide on on the parties, red state, blue state. You know, this is yeah, partisan yeah. politics. Which states controlled by which party? Okay, that will destroy the country. Predict the General yeah. George Washington, President Washington. We just celebrated his birthday. In his farewell address, he highlights this clearly. Yes, I appreciate the problem and I agree, but you're going down the wrong road, the road of stupidity for solutions. Yes, you you are. And that's the problem. And that's why I feel that people like Marjorie Taylor Greene is more destructive of our agenda. Yeah, and I don't know if we lost you or not. You're still there. I'm here. Yeah, you're breaking up. You were sounding great yes, there for a bit, and then you started breaking up. No, but, but let me make this clear. Let me give you an example to make the point. Northern California, a lot of the counties want to join Oregon because they feel like they're being betrayed by their, quote, blue counterparts. That's a blue state, folks. You look at um, Oregon and Washington. They want to join Idaho because they're sick of their red – I'm sorry, their blue state leadership. They want to join a red state, okay? So you've got all kinds of people in these supposed blue states that are good people. We don't need a divorce from upstate New York or the rural New York people just because uh, New York City is just full of criminals and, and red or blue state um, socialists and, and communists. And okay, the problem is what you do is you just simply create this divide that has no value at all. Why don't we talk about this? Yeah. Hey, when are you going to replace your congressmen and senators with good guys? Well, we can't, Sam, because there's election fraud. Okay, well, we can't even get people to agree there's election fraud now, can we? Look, until there's enough American people standing up clearly for a cause, you're going to get nowhere. 
Now, let me prove the point. They're coming after the Christians now blatantly. Here's a headline. Intolerance towards Christianity is increasing, so much so that hostility to churches is increasing. Tony Perkins issued a report at frcfamilyresearchcouncil.org related to this very issue. Okay? And now they're persecuting the Christians. Well, who's going to protect the Christians if the Christians won't stand up, Chris? <laughs> yeah, we're we're being told that we're the source of all evil in the world, from slavery to uh, to anti-Semitism uh, to uh, anti-transgenderism to anti-homosexuality. You name it. We need to go, we need to go Sam. And a lot of Christians are kind of buying into that, unfortunately. We mother for well, one. So then do we need to divide? Do we need day. to have a divorce between the Christians and the non-Christians then? Um, <laughs> we, we need to bring everybody on board the Christian bandwagon. And we quit teaching false yeah, doctrines. But, 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 lower, er, the but, problems. But Green's plan would be divisionary. So let's just divorce the Christians from the non-Christians, the red from the blue, the black from the white. Let's just divorce everybody on every fault line under the sun, right? Well, the rhetoric, uh, divorce, that has a negative connotation, obviously, and I wouldn't use that. But um, it it sounds like a divide and conquer strategy, to be honest, and it probably is. Now, I gave you the, divi- because, the division uh, it, story <laughs> where Christianity, people are being prosecuted and persecuted mm-hmm. more than ever, right? Cri- tolerance towards Christianity is decreasing, all right? Oh, Intolerance yeah. is increasing. All right, listen to this story, though. I like this story a whole lot better in contrast. It says a revival has broken out at a Christian college. It's called Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Okay, a revival has broken out. It started out as a scheduled prayer meeting, but it's now extended for more than a week, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, Decision Magazine explains that it has grown to be around-the-clock prayer testimonials, scripture readings, and praise and worship of Jesus Christ on the campus by hundreds of college students, faculty, staff, community members, and they call them out-of-towners, people that are coming to celebrate the cause as well. Now that, to me, will do more to heal the nation than anything else I've heard proposed. Yeah, if it's legitimate, if it's just kind of an exhibition of virtue signal issue with it, and I'm not getting it, you know, you're, I'll you're give breaking them up too their, much, Chris. You got to get in a better spot. Maybe it's friend. legit, maybe it's not. Ah, I'm right. Let me get here. So if it's just an exhibition, then I would say, yeah, we're not going in the right direction on that. But it'd be legit. But here's the thing, you know, I want to get religion. I go to work. I interact with my neighbors. I go out. I mean, you don't have to have a revival to have a revival. I mean, the revival should be in your heart and your mind, first and foremost. And the revival is kind of like-minded people. 
So I'm not sure what this is all about, what you've described. I haven't done the research to know. But a lot of times Christians can churches is not Christians in in the next virtue cell. Do you see what I'm saying, Sam? I see what you're saying, and I generally agree with your point that it's got to be in the hearts and minds of the people. It's got to be genuine. It reminds me of, if we're not very careful, when the Savior taught uh, in the Beatitudes or Sermon on the Mount or whatever he taught, look, you know what, when you fast, don't make your face look like you're fasting and run around and act like you're just righteous and starving. You know what? Right. Wash your face, comb your hair, do the things that make it look like you're not fasting. And when you fast and have your heart knit with Jesus Christ, um, you know what, the Lord will will reward you openly for your um, appropriate worship before him. Uh, if you worship before the world, so to speak, you know, you have your reward. It reminds me of that kind of point that you're making. And I agree with the general point. I would say this though, I'm not here to judge their hearts. I know that when they're literally working on a revival, breaking out at a Christian college and school, Hey, of all the things being done in college right now, that's something that I can at least back and get behind. And I don't know who's genuine and who's not, nor am I really here to judge that. I am saying that that will do more, though, bringing people to Christ, celebrating solutions, talking about peace and kindness and bringing people together and solutions and forgiving one another and turning a, a, you know, a soft answer, turn it the way wrath and all the teachings of Christ. I believe that the teachings of Jesus Christ will do more for this nation to save us from our enemies and to protect us. Well, he's our own. Okay, it's more powerful than the sword, Chris. And so I'm just yeah. telling you that when Laura, when Green says, hey, let's have a national divorce, I say you're off your rocker. When these guys are ready to have a revival that's broken out of the college, there might be some people in there for the fanfare and the praise of the world. But I would say this, a lot of people are there for the right reasons. And a lot of people, especially out-of-towners and people that are coming, they're doing it for the right reasons. And I commend them. And I really point out, the right way is the way you're saying. In our hearts and in our minds, truly repent before God. Turn to Christ for answers. We need to bring people together. We need to have a clarion call for civility, not a divide and conquer tactic. Okay, and, and so I don't mean to trash Green. I appreciate her. I think she's better than most. But these people are sending us down wrong roads, and I've got to warn the people not to go down those roads because they will be nothing but heartache and destruction. Even though you mean well, it will not turn out well, folks. The only thing that's going to save us now is turning to God Almighty. And we need to prepare people for the return of Jesus Christ. There is no other way or answer. Nothing else will suffice, sir. Nothing. Yeah, and I think in the end, we're going to have to come to grips with that. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Christ. He is our only hope. And here's the thing. I mean, our very breath is dependent upon God and Jesus Christ. I mean, to think that we can survive one moment without Him is preposterous i hope to point out the peaceful kind solutions they tell you that i'm a racist that I'm, I'm associated with violence though that's what the southern poverty law center and others want you to believe they lie listen to who i am and what i stand for ladies and gentlemen i've been clear and consistent for more than 26 years why does the left lie constantly because they get spiritual power from lying the lies come from satan the father of lies John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. 
and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Live and on your radio, Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, breaking it down as I see it. So you know what? Going after this Twitter executive, beating him up. I appreciate it, but it's not going to get anything done. We the people have got to advocate for smaller government, ladies and gentlemen. And the way you do that is really, really push. What government entity is Kevin McCarthy planning to shut down? Do you know of a single one, Chris? (laughs) No, sir. You can't do that. That's not right. who even in the media sure. who even in the media is boldly speaking out with solutions and guidance like I am. Is there anybody really? Um, Scott Bradley. Oh well, that's the same source basically. Uh, Lowell Nelson. Not very many. No, your point is well taken. The the Epic Times does a good job though. JBS.org. They do great. Joel Gausen. And, uh, you know, oh, before I forget, I just wanted to mention, you know, we can solve the whole Twitter problem overnight if people just did what you and I, and I don't know if you've got a Twitter account, Sam, so I don't mean to include you if you do, but I've never had a Twitter account. I've never had a Facebook account. I've never had Snapchat, all that other crap. I've just, I've been able to function as a human being without those social media platforms. And somehow I'm a very social person. I have conversations on the phone. I have conversations in person. I text message people. And I've seemed to survive these last 10 years without social media platforms facilitating that conversation with other people. How can I do it and nobody else can do it without social media? I don't understand. I don't either. And I don't know really where we go with this, but I just look at it and I say the problem with the conservatives, we're so divided on the solutions, we can't even agree on the solution going forward if we tried. I mean, we do do still live in a partial free market system. I've never understood Facebook. Why why are people so obsessed with, with getting, you know, taking a picture of what they're eating for lunch, for example, and sending it out so people can see that? You know, I know that's an extreme example, but 
I mean, I'm a very social person, as you know, Sam, but I've never really studied social media as a facilitator for being a social person. I've never understood why that's so dang important when there are other ways of doing it. It's not how social media. Criminals. Well, I, didn't, I understand. I understand in modern times how people believe that's a great way to communicate. You know, you, the original social media, as far as I can tell, ladies and gentlemen, was one way, and it was newspapers. The second one was radio, really, right? Um, mm-hmm. I get why people want to uh, say, hey, now the average joke and have their own sphere, their own circle. I get it. But where I think we're kind of missing the boat, as far as I can tell, is that we don't use those accounts for constructive solutions. Okay, I look at what we're doing and stuff. Look, I struggle to get 50 bucks for my cause. But man, if I was peddling porn, or if I was, uh, you know, doing anything that was like, oh, I don't know, if I got into sports, or whatever the case may be, almost anything I could raise money for. But it's when it's somehow the moral component required to save the country, Everybody's like, Sam, I'm with you. But I really have to fund it myself. Let me give you a quick example to hammer home the point, Chris. I got off the phone yesterday. I had an incredible two-hour-long discussion with a representative, a reporter that worked for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Okay? The Southern Poverty Law Center called me last night. We talked for like two hours. The guy's name is Jason Wilson. He's the reporter. Okay. Oh, was it that? And uh, these people aren't at all interested in the truth. They just want to tell you that I'm a white supremacist, that I'm a hater, that I'm evil, that I perpetuate all the wrong information for America, that I hate people, that I'm a racist, that I'm dangerous for the country, that I'm involved in the sheriff's movement, and I have legal, um, questionable legal views regarding sheriffs, and I'm going to basically... infiltrate and inculcate sheriffs with um, extremist ideology and and that's their narrative okay they're not going to change but the southern poverty law center literally has billions of dollars chris even though they've been a hundred percent discredited by over 20 state attorney generals in the last month but yet i can't raise 50 bucks yeah and don't get me wrong. There's people that go, Sam, yes, you can. I've given you 50 bucks. I know. I understand. The 50 bucks makes a point, though. I can't raise enough to keep this network on the air without my funding, without my own money put in. So this executive from the, or this reporter from the Southern Poverty Law Center wants to know where I get my money to run the network, Chris. Mm-hmm. He wants to know who funds me and what commercials bring in what money and what relationships I have with all the different hosts. And he wants to follow the money trail. <laughs> yeah, he wants to see all those rich, uh, racist, uh, white supremacist supporters of yours giving you all that millions of dollars, right? Wow. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't even have uh, any supporters, white, non-white, racist, non-racist, Southern Poverty Law Center backing or not. I can't get those people to give me hundreds of dollars, much less thousands, much less hundreds of thousands or millions. I don't even get thousands from people, Chris. I know. I know. It's just and they want to know where the money comes from. Where should I tell them the money comes from? My pocket? 
because that's yeah. the truth for 80% of it or more. Yep. Yeah, yeah. they got so, this notion. Go ahead. No, go ahead. They got this notion. Well, they got, see, and, and it's projection. It is, it's classic projection because they know that their money is illegitimate. I mean, its ultimate source is the Federal Reserve System, which is another way of saying they created out of nothing. These, these people are not accountable to the general public. They get free money. It causes inflation for the rest of us, so we basically pay that in the form of taxation. So they think that because they're wicked and they get their money illegitimately, they superimpose that illegitimacy onto us because they think that we're just as disillusioned. We have to earn our money. There you have it. Anyway, I just find that it to be a disgrace when I look at this, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I just look at it and go, it's amazing to me what we've got in America. You know what? Anything that's good and moral and right does not prosper. I mean, it does a little bit. I've been in the air for 26 years. It's not like we fail. Uh, and we have added several radio networks, and our show grows. And, you know, it's bigger than most people think that it is. It's more influential. Otherwise, the Southern Poverty Law Center certainly wouldn't be calling me if we weren't over the target. Yeah. Uh, but I look at it, and I go, wow. You know what? We're, we're I mean, this is the Widow's Might Radio Network or whatever. I just find it. Nobody funds anything, Chris. If I had a lottery, yeah. I'd get more funding, except I can't have a lottery. Only the government can have one of them. <laughs> See? Yeah, you get so a lot of money. anything I could do, I could raise more money than what I do. Uh, but I'm convinced maybe the people just don't care enough about liberty, though. Think maybe, all, maybe all of our efforts to defend liberty should just go away, and people should watch how wickedness prevails with the vacuum, Chris. No, don't do that, Sam. Don't give up on the cause. You well, know, that wouldn't be giving up. Is, is just, yeah, that would be, that wouldn't be well, giving up. It'd merely say at some point, you kind of got to say hey, at some point, you know what? John the Baptist got killed so Jesus could make way, right? Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. At some point, you just say, hey, uh, let evil just take over. You people don't appreciate people standing up and providing clarion calls for solutions and peace. Then why don't you just, you know, give in to your violence and just let it all take over? Why don't you follow the Marjorie hey, Taylor Greene, who has plenty of money and is elected to Congress, right? Kevin, yeah, think, about, think about the Marjorie Taylor Greene, ladies and gentlemen. You know, she can get plenty of money to get elected, and she has plenty of money. She'll probably go into Congress poor as a church mouse and leave rich as could be. Yep. Like every other one, right? Yep. Uh, and, and so yep, I look at it, and I just say, hey, I think the American people want division and tyranny. Okay? Why am I the guy saying, hey, the division of the red and the blue states is a bad idea? Everybody else is ready to back her, Chris, including you. You're Including me. Well, but the, at some point, you just got to hunker down and protect your own particular interests. And I, I don't know if we're at that point yet. But, I mean, like I said, if you change the rhetoric a little bit, basically what she's saying is let's go back to our constitutional foundation where the states uh, had the majority of political power and the federal government had very limited, uh, very weak powers that they only exercise under certain conditions. 
If you put if you it in those do that, terms, you start. If you do that, you start jettisoning the Seventeenth Amendment and, and 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 getting rid of the Seventeenth Amendment. You don't talk about a divorce nationally. Yep, they always nibble around the edges. They never take a big bite into the apple, which they shouldn't. They never address the Federal Reserve. They never address the unconstitutional cabinet level departments. They never the laws. None of those. They just nibble around the edges, and people are content with that. But not me. Not you. We have to have right. a fundamental, not revolution, like you say, Sam. You got to be very careful. Not revolution, but restoration. We got to go but back. But see, nobody's to where willing to back restoration, were. buddy. Right? If I, I put know. up a GoFundMe <laughs> for restoration, you'd get five bucks. If I put up a Let's Arm the Nation and Take Back Our Government, you'd get millions. I would never do it, but you'd get millions on that altar, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah, so anyway, like, I mean, like I say, Hollywood has to be sexed or not be commercial. We're talking Hollywood East. It's the same yeah. principle. You wouldn't see so a movie unless last, there was conflict in that movie. Go ahead. I have one last right. quick story for you. Nearly 150 members of Congress introduced a resolution against the new Biden EPA rule. On February the 2nd, and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton sued, and now 24 state attorney generals sued and filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration because they wanted to find how waters are based on the, the National Clean Water Act or whatever else. Folks, this is environmental play like you've never seen before. It's disaster, and all we can do is go to court with the government over it. We need to nullify now. We need to stand against this. While that's all happening, Russia deploys nuclear-armed ships. China nears red line on arming Russia. Epic TV Mm. with that piece. Well, you know what? While they're arming Russia and we say that's a red line, we've been arming, arming the Ukraine already crossing that line, right? Yes. Okay, this is insane, folks. We have lost our way, and no one is pointing all this out. We're about to hit World War III, Chris. I pray we don't, but we're moving towards that sadly and rapidly. Final words yours, Chris. Close us out. Yes, sir, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God and only with God can we win this one. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged. What else that, Bruce? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Fund us today. Every penny will help us continue to expose the fraudulent SPLC. All right? 20-plus state attorney generals said they're literally, they've lost all their credibility. Amen to that. All right? LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.